This is Sunday Letters, the weekly newsletter on life, work and the pursuit of happiness. I'm Larry Maguire. Sunday Letters has been on the go since 2015 in written form and more recently in audio form. And you'll find no advertising here, no marketing, no round-the-corner attempts by third parties to sell you stuff you don't need and part you from your cash. Instead, this show is about content of a deeper nature. Stuff that keeps me up at night. Stuff that I spend hours and days researching, writing, editing, recording. And all because I think it's worth sharing. I think it's worth your consideration. And if you enjoy the stuff that I do, if you like what I write and enjoy what I record, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. Costs a fiver a month or 50 a year. And you'll help me create more time to make stuff like this. Get over to sundayletters.larrygmaguire.com to show your support for the show. So, here's this week's edition. Good day and welcome to Sunday Letters, the weekly newsletter on life, work and the elusive pursuit of happiness. I'm Larry Maguire. It's Sunday the 11th of April. And this week on Sunday Letters, I'm talking about, uh, as I usually talk about, uh, work and the nature of work. Um... And how there's a difference between working, you can work for yourself or work for other people, it doesn't matter. But there's a difference between truly working for yourself and expecting your work to give you something, if you know what I mean. Anyway, I'll get into this a little bit more. But essentially what the message is, and it mightn't apply to everyone, it it mightn't apply even to most people or even a few people, but it'll apply to someone. If it applies, it certainly applies to me. So it may apply to you too. But it's essentially what I'm talking about this week is the the difference between doing work that you really give a shit about and doing work as a means to an end. If you like Sunday Letters, if you enjoy reading it, if you enjoy listening to what I have to say, well then consider becoming a paid subscriber. Costs 50 quid a year or five a month. Also, I throw out some discounts from time to time. I think, yes, at the minute you can get Sunday letters for 40 quid or four quid a month for life. Because uh, I'm just running a little bit of a promo for April. So if you like what I'm doing and you want to support the work, get over to sundayletters.substack.com and become a subscriber. If you don't, you'll keep getting it for free anyway. And, uh, that's just the way it is. Sunday Letters has always been free and it'll remain free. Uh, midweek, I send out um, a shorter read called The Nomic. Uh, and The Nomic, spelt G-N-O-M-I-C, derived from, I don't know, a Latin word meaning to know, knowledge or whatever it is. A um, little bit of useless information there. But anyway, there's a reason I picked that name. So... Uh, anyway, the nomic goes out on a Wednesday, Wednesday morning, and includes uh, a thought that's been on my mind, a quote from someone I have read, a book that I have enjoyed reading, an album that I enjoy listening to, and an article from the archive. So if you want to get that, become a paid subscriber. In any event, glad you're here. So this week... Uh, 
the subject matter that I'm writing about is work, uh, daily work, and uh, not surprisingly, because I've been writing on that for a long time. And the reason why I write on this topic is because there arrived a, a fairly seismic shift in my understanding of what work means or what it should mean round about the same time as I started this newsletter. And because the avenue I went down didn't work out, well, it did work out. It did and it didn't, right? Because, I suppose, in all material terms, it didn't work out. It brought me to question what it is I was doing and why I was doing it. And I started writing Sunday letters because of that. And I'm still exploring this question. Why do we work? Uh, what's Do we get even get enjoyment from our work? Most of us probably would say yes, although there's a caveat there insofar as uh, work is primarily a means to an end, that we do it because we need to earn a wage to pay for food, pay for our mortgage, to pay for the car under our arse, to pay for our kids' education, clothes, etc., just to live. It's so, it's such a, a, an integral aspect of life that we cannot avoid it. And they say all the popular narratives out there, you know, um, that, you know, if you find something you love to do and you make that your work, well, then you'll never work a day in your life and all this kind of kind of rubbish. Sounds great, but really it's it's a nonsense um, because it doesn't matter what you do, whether you're whether you're a musician and you love to write music and 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 um and write lyrics and stuff like that, or whether you're a visual artist or a poet or whatever. There are aspects to your work that you don't like. And there will always be aspects to the work that we don't like, because if you choose to be a visual artist, a painter or whatever, you still have to sell your work. So you have to engage with people and you have to get into the game because making money is such an integral part of what we do. And uh, without it, we're screwed. Unless you want to go off into the woods somewhere uh, and live a life of subsistence and, and live off the land. Hunter gatherer or whatever. Um, go ahead. I mean, I, there's a part of me that would really like to do that. But if we're going to live in this Western industrialized uh, society that we've built, well, we have to work. We have to work and we have to earn. Um, but that doesn't mean that you've got to work your bollocks off and do stuff you you just completely dislike or work in an environment that's just poisonous because well, that's no good, is it? So in this week's newsletter, I was writing about the difference between doing work, the likes of Sunday letters, this process, like this takes hours. This takes probably a couple of days to put together. From coming up with the concept, doing a bit of research, writing the article, editing the article, um, doing the audio and stuff. It takes time, but I enjoy doing it. And that's different to the work that I do for money. You know? I don't I don't make a living from this newsletter. There's a few quid coming in from paid subscribers, but that's about it. <clears throat> but there's a difference uh, between um, this type of work and doing work purely to earn a wage. Um, and I was talking about this topic in today's uh, article. And more particularly, I got into 
the whole notion of a corporation, uh, a limited liability organization, a company. And no matter where you live in the world, if you form, uh, I think in, in the States, it's called an LLC, Limited Liability Corporation, is that right? Um, where I'm from, it's just a, it's a limited a limited company, um, and when you set it up, it it essentially has its own legal status, the same legal status as a person, which is absurd, right, for a start, but it does, um, and that protects uh, the people who own it, the the directors of the company. So if there's only one director, if there's only only you, your losses are limited. So your business might not work out. You might rack up a load of debt. You might your accountant might say to you next week, "Listen, um, Joe, your your company is uh, is not um, viable here. You're not making money. You're in fact you're incurring losses on top of losses. So you're going to have to wind this up. And if you don't wind it up, someone else is going to wind it up for you. Um, stick on the heating there. So." Uh, the very nature of a corporation is that it needs to make money. It has to has to make profit. And this is the structure of the system, the capitalist system, that um, you have, you create a service, you sell it, you make a profit and you grow your business. But now in theory, in very basic uh, ways, that seems like a reasonable way to operate, you know. But what's happened is this system and the legalities that come along with it and that have been established over time is that corporations and the larger the corporation, the more power they have um, and the people who run them have become very powerful. And they've influenced politicians and they've influenced how the law is structured and stuff like that, which has allowed them to get away with pretty much blue murder. All right. So now I'm not talking about the guy who owns a coffee shop or the girl who runs a, a web little web company with her and maybe one other person. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the bigger entities, larger entities. But even a small business follows the same fundamental requirements or needs to. doesn't matter whether you're running a one-man band or one-woman band or a large international corporate. You have to be profitable or you won't be viable and you will have to shut the, shut the doors. Now, there are permutations to that. Some organizations use loss-making companies for... Um, as a as a means to offset uh, profits or whatever, but by and large, that's how it operates. So, when you're in that frame, when you're in that mode, you've got to make money, and making money, the process of making money, makes human beings do kind of unethical things. And I have to admit that I've uh, made some what would be classed unethical decisions in my time. And the pressure to perform, to keep your baby alive, kind of drives you to that. And people become so identified in their role. Their business is them and they are their business. Or their corporate position is them. They're identified in that. The suit and tie, the flashy watch, the car, the bank account, the wife, the house, the plane rides, the, the whole lifestyle associated um, with the corporate world is them and they are it and they've been schooled that way and education builds them towards that it's the same as anyone in a job your job is you and you are your job and that's a problem because 
you must have that separation. Now, it was okay 100, 200, 300 years ago, maybe even beyond that, when <clears throat> arguably uh, capitalism didn't exist. Because when you farm the land or you're a hunter-gatherer, well, you and your, your, your daily routine were inseparable. Um, and that wasn't a problem. But it becomes a problem now as our lifestyle has changed and we have become consumers and capitalism has taken over. It's arguably the new religion. Consumerism is the new religion. You know, our deepest, darkest desires and fears have been commoditized. And that's, that's a real problem. That's, um, that's, a, that's, you know, a, a deep psychological illness. And where am I going with this? You'll have to excuse me because sometimes I go off on a tangent with this stuff. But how we work now has become problematic. And even so far as during the pandemic, you've got, we used to have separation, a certain degree of separation. You'd leave your working, you could, you could come home and your work was over there down the road or two, two hours away or an hour away or whatever. And your house was your house and you could come in and close the door. But now uh, your work has invaded your private space and there's no separation. There's even less. So anyway, back to the point. How we work, the world of capitalism and this neo-capitalist society we live in uh, makes it impossible almost for us to make something worthwhile really worthwhile because it's always hung up in this idea that we've got to make money. It has to make money and we have to continually grow it. And if we don't continually grow it, if it doesn't make us money, well, then it's not viable. There's no point doing it. And and that's a problem. I think that's a problem. So in all of this to and fro, work for myself, don't work for myself, work for corporation, don't work for a corporation. Um, consider the ethical implications of buying that thing over there. Do I really need it? Being caught up in this whole complex system, capitalist system. Um, we've got to, we've got a choice. And um, it's invariably a choice of sticking with the little voice in our head that says, you know, you really shouldn't be doing this. Or just saying, oh, well, look, everybody else is doing it. Sure, why won't I, you know? And it's an ethical decision. Um, we either uphold those ethical and moral principles or we don't. And in a lot of cases, when you operate in the commercial world, when you operate a small business, medium business, even a large, well, absolutely a large corporate, um, you're faced with this challenge all the time. And if you're in management, there's no doubt that you've been faced with this challenge, you know. Do what's right for that human being or do what's right for the corporation. And invariably, the corporation wins because a corporation is there to make money. And if it doesn't make money, your neck is on the block. And if your neck is on the block, you lose your job. So if you don't stick with the premise, if you don't follow through, you're out of here. And the same can apply if you run a business, you know. So um, business leaders... Uh, Joel Backen in his book The Corporation I wrote about this a little bit um, on Sunday um, and I'm actually recommending it on Wednesday along with the new corporation is, is uh, 
2020 release. He says in this book that a, a company, corporations are essentially wolves in sheep's clothing, that they pretend to care about people, they pretend to care about the environment, they, they pretend to have social issues at the forefront of their mind, but this is a nonsense because 100% of the time, their primary primary aim is to make money and making money comes first because like I said, if you don't make money, you become inviolable. So in the book, The Corporation, he, uh, Joel Bacan, he's a professor of law at the University of British Columbia, essentially came to the conclusion that a corporation, a, a limited liability company, as it is a legal entity just as you and I are, and measured on all the measures that we would be measured in terms of our psychological health, he came to the conclusion that a corporation is a, a pathological entity. It's basically, it'll talk about all these good things that it, that it does, but they're only there to act as a screen over the damage that it does to human beings and our uh, environment. And invariably, if you work for a corporation, your true your your more your your true self as if that exists your true whatever that is that person which is you that you feel most comfortable with and at home with has to subjugate itself to the image that you're required to fulfill in the corporation in other words you've got to behave in a particular way and you've got to ignore in large part your humanity and play ball and that's the case if you're in management in a corporation or if you in fact own a business because you have to be ruthless how can you not be ruthless if you're in business? Because that's the nature of the game. It's it's highly competitive. And if you're not killing your competition, your competition will kill you. So Joel Backham was talking about this um, recent move in the last, say, 10 to 15 years on the part of corporations led by JP Morgan um, and the, what's this they call it, the business roundtable initiative whereby corporations put forward this idea that they're so uh, concerned about the environment concerned about people and uh, they're trying to polish up their image but really it's a nonsense you know um and i'm getting into that this week now um get into that a little bit in the article now the article is goes into different uh, different discussion points as well so uh sundayletters.substack.com you can read that but um I can basically have come to the conclusion that bad bastards exist. They they exist everywhere, and we've got to accept it. Um, sometimes uh, they do a good job of convincing us that they care, but most of the time um, they have another intention, you know. And the business world is for, for profit first and foremost. And you and your well-being come second at best, you know. They invariably look after themselves, and it's it's most poisonous i think in the united states that's how it seems to me although it it does um you can see it here i live on a little island in the in, in the middle of the atlantic ocean so uh i think our our little society although it has problems they're less pronounced um than they are in the states or in, in the uk europe do business a little bit differently but there are door boards in europe as well um, 
So they exist. And if you're going to operate in the world of business, you've got to accept that. So if you're in, you've got to get in with your eyes wide open. And if you if that's not for you, as as it was not for me, um, well, then you have to get out and do, do something a little bit differently. So we get back to the start of the conversation um, about the process. And the process exists, but how, how you play with that is up to you. I chose to do it a little bit differently. I still work for myself and I will, but, you know, you could say that what I'm talking about is a little bit idealistic. And it is idealistic because there's no extracting myself from the system. I can't not be part of it because I have a Mac on my desk. I have an iPhone. I have I buy books on Amazon. Uh, and arguably, Bezos is one of the biggest bad bastards out there. You know how he treats his staff. So can we even can we even do that? Like um, if you go to the supermarket and buy milk. You're basically supporting the. Uh, dairy industry which in america is just obscene how they operate and how they treat animals and how you know get into that plenty of documentation on that but the fact of the matter is as soon as you become a consumer as soon as you as soon as you go out and spend your money on some consumer item you're a part of the problem and i'm a part of the problem and i'm not sure that we can truly extrapolate ourselves and live in a bubble somewhere outside of that so what do we do? Well, first and foremost, we've got to find a way to do our work, um, to do our work, to do it well and not be a bad bastard. You know, um, it's it's difficult. But I mean, why why would you want to earn more than you need to live? I mean, a reasonable life. If you've got a nice house and a roof over your head and you wear nice clothes and a decent motor to get you around, why do you need anything more? Why do you need millions in the bank? Okay, if that's your bag, well, then go for it. If you if you want to go out there and make millions, well, then work away. But there comes a point, and certainly did for me, where that fails to satisfy, fails to bring the gratification and the happiness that it promised. And something has to change, you know. So if you'd like to read what I have to say on the matter, go visit sundayletters.substack.com. If you like this podcast, um, erratic and all as it is, if you like the articles that I write, the, the articles, incidentally, um, I would like to think are a little bit better put together because it's not, although, you know, it begins on the fly, uh, it takes hours, maybe a day or two to refine that down and, and produce something that's actually readable, legible, that there's a bit of flow to bit of thought put into this on the other hand it's just off the cuff so it's a little bit all over the place but if you like what i'm doing if you like the direction i'm going in become a supporter uh costs five a month or 50 quid a year and uh, you help me create more time to do what i'm doing and um be greatly appreciated thanks for listening this week to sunday letters uh, i've been larry mcguire and i shall see you on wednesday for the nomic and again, the following Sunday for the, the next issue of Sunday Letters. Until then, have a good week and take care of yourselves. All the best.